This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about truth and grace boldly. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome to Kindled. This is episode 107. Today I am talking with my friend Donna Harris. Donna and I are chatting about approval, seeking approval. There is a war going on for our self-image and how we think about ourselves. The war is not whether we seek approval or not, because as a human being, we are all wanting approval. It's not even a question of whether a human being wants approval, but rather where they are seeking it. So are they finding that sense of approval um, in others or in their work, or are they finding it in the only true place it can be found in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross? So it's a motivator for us and a driver for us in so many things that we do. And Donna and I are going to get into the nitty gritty of that today from our work to motherhood to friendships, how we engage on social media. So if this is something that you've struggled with, which I can almost guarantee it is because like I said, every human wants approval. This episode is going to help you learn how to think about this in a godly and biblically sound way. All right, here we go. Donna, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us who you are and what you do. Okay. My name is Donna Harris. I have a podcast called Constantly Under Construction, and I love to hang out on Instagram. I am married. I'm coming up on 19 years married, and I have three children, all boys. My youngest is five, and then I have a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old. So my five-year-old just started kindergarten, and my 11-year-old just started middle school. So we are in the throes of a lot of new seasons and new transitions for all of us, and we are literally moving as I speak to you today, Haley. We, <laughs> I have boxes in the back of my car that I'm getting ready to unpack as soon as we are done with our chat together. I know that you have a message that has kind of been just on your heart and that you feel like you've, maybe not a message, but something you feel like you've been learning about approval. So can you kind of take us through what it is that you have been learning and how that is changing you? So what I have been learning has created such a freedom in my life that I am so excited to share this with you, Haley, and to share this with everybody that's listening the freedom that I have received from no longer seeking approval of others or allowing approval to be the main factor in how I perceive myself or perceive other people has allowed me to get out of the way of God's glory. Mm -hmm. So I don't let my perception of myself, my inaccurate view of myself, or my perception of people interfere with God's glory anymore. I know that it's a continual struggle, but I just realized that I struggled with approval. And it was like a light bulb moment for me because I didn't think I was the kind of 
person or that I had the personality that was approval seeking. Mm -hmm. I thought of the kind of person that sought approval was typically what you would see as a classic people pleaser, Mm -hmm. somebody that was maybe more subservient, somebody that needed somebody to validate them by their outside actions, by being this person's a very helpful person. They come in in the clutch. They love to help people. And I, I wasn't like that kind of person, so I didn't think I sought approval. But what ended up happening for me was just because I didn't have a problem seeking approval, just because I didn't have a problem being bold, it didn't mean that I wasn't deeply insecure. And so I think that it was the insecurity that I finally tapped into that allowed me to see that I also sought approval. And I really want to focus on that today because I think that There are lots of us that think we know what approval seeking looks like. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of us do struggle with that idea of approval seeking in that more subservient way where we try to make other people happy by doing things for them or pleasing them or saying yes too much. Mm -hmm. But I think there's another form of people pleasing and it's the one that I struggled with. I think we struggle with both forms, but the one that I struggled with that I was so blinded to was this almost like an inflated view of myself. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like, I understood that not everybody was going to like me. And I had no problem with turning people off per se. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I could try to become desirable, to get people to want me, to accept me. And that was like a subconscious motivation for everything in my life. And it was exhausting. It was exhausting to want to be that desirable to, in people's eyes and to seek out if I'm okay in this group of people and if this person approves of how I parent and if my kids, even, even in my, my parenting, how my kids receive my parenting. Everything I realized was a methodology in which I needed other people to validate me. Mm-hmm. And once I realized the bondage that I was in, I no longer wanted to be part of that anymore. Wow. Yeah. So much of what you said, I was just taking notes because so much of it has been my own story too. I really resonated with what you were saying about your boldness. Like you Mm. feel like you are a bold person. You're confident. You aren't afraid of like turning people off or kind of stepping out and being like, okay, here's who I am. Here's what I'm about. But really that it, was kind of rooted in this inflated view of yourself, like that it was coming from not a place of like true security, but insecurity that resulted in like pride. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's super huge because I think that that is almost the more deceptive form of people pleasing. Yeah, I think a lot of us can commiserate and go, oh man, I'm such a people pleaser. I can't say no. And I want to help people. And, Mm -hmm. and that is equally as, warped in your self image. And that, and so there is so much of my story that I still want to share with people who struggle with that. I just feel like it's almost easier to culturally identify that as people pleasing where this other inflated sense of self, this confidence in self, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that that had nothing to do with being free from desiring the world's approval, but it really like I was still just as held if yeah. not more, to needing the world to say yes to who I was and what I was doing. Well, you're describing what the world 
offers to us as the alternative to being a people pleaser or always putting, you know, almost this idea that like, if, if you just stop putting yourself second and put yourself first and make yourself a priority and elevate yourself and feel good in who you are and just kind of like all of these very empty and shallow encouragements from culture that would tell us this is what confidence is, this is what security is, is showing up in the world as whoever you are and saying, take me or leave me, you know, but really like we can do that from a place of absolute pride and insecurity where underneath it's just kind of a shell. There's actually nothing to support it because then, you know, it's actually just as dependent as the person who's like, I really want you to like me. I really need your approval because you're dependent on someone still approving of you as that other person you're showing up as. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And and that's why I really feel like tapping into that really uncovers a lot of opportunity for people to look at their own motivations. Because again, I think that everybody struggles with both forms of approval seeking. I yeah. just think one is mo- more prominent in that person's life than the other. You know, I mean, obviously I want to come in the clutch for people. I want to be helpful. I want to, I want people to appreciate my ability to help Mm -hmm. them out. And that can turn into a people pleasing and a desire to seek approval. But what you were talking about, yes, the world tells you go out and get yours, be bold, stand up, do for you. And really when you're doing it all in your own strength, it's so hollow and you're really asking for broken people to approve you. You're broken and you're wanting these broken people to approve of you. And it's just so twisted. And once I realized that it was like, there's so much freedom in that. I, I don't need in my brokenness. I don't need other broken people to approve of me and vice versa. In my brokenness, I shouldn't be placing approval on other people. So there, when we talked about grace earlier, there becomes so much grace when it comes to relationships and how you perceive people and how you, what you care about how people perceive you. Yeah, so true. So can you kind of break down for us, what did it look like when you were not free from yeah people pleasing and, and what would it look like in someone's life for the woman listening who's like, well, how does that look? And how, how might I be showing up to see like, is my feigned confidence or boldness or even my real boldness possibly rooted in the wrong thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So what, like, what did that look like for you? So I would say specifically, I'm going to start with something that becomes a struggle for me anyway. Instagram. I think that my presence on social media is a, a definite way that I sought approval. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy when you know and can kind of figure out the tricks, the, the certain kinds of pictures you can post, the certain kind of messages that you can post, the right kind of events and lighting and those sorts of things. I, it, I realized while these things were partially true about me, they weren't wholly true. And I was doing it so that I would get the attention that I needed 
so that that attention would tell me that I am approved. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's huge for people. I am not in a position right now where my Instagram is exploded. So I feel like I can totally relate to my next door neighbor, Sally, down the road who posts on her Instagram because I can feel that same girl saying, I want to post a picture of my kids because when it gets 25 likes, I'm going to feel good about myself today. I'm going to feel better about being a mom because I posted the cutest moment of my day instead of the messiest moment of my day. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that was one specific instance where I'm confessing to all of you that that was a struggle for me. That was a tool that I used to give myself approval or to seek out approval. Yeah. Well, I know everybody listening is going, uh, yeah, I've done that too. I mean, nobody, I, I don't think you can be on the platform more than a day and not have like, oh, if I post at this time, I mean, I, you know, the algorithms are a real thing. If you post early in the morning, in my case, you will get far fewer likes than if you post at nap time because all of my followers are on at nap time or like mm. in the evening after the kids go to bed. So we can, you know, while some of those are like not necessarily moral facts or they're not wrong or right, we can use them to do what you're saying and create yeah. almost a system for ourselves, like a reward system for ourselves. Like if I do this, then I get that. And then it feeds me and it fuels me and it gives me just a little more. It makes me feel a little bit better about myself than I did before I posted. And it is, it's a silly thing. Like it seems ridiculous as adults to be talking about a social media platform and like reminding ourselves that it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) But yeah, I really think we have to do that because I think we do get sucked into, especially those of us like you and I who are creating content and putting things out into the world, like that can become really a part of your identity. Part of like, this is who I am. The content I create is who I am. And so therefore, when I post something, whether it's an insight or a quote or a picture or an encouragement, and it doesn't get the traction that I would hope, I must not be very good. Or I must not be as good as that girl. And it's just, I think it's just all too easy for us to get off the rails there with that. And and I I think even, I know that's true everywhere, but it's the the whole Christian community and like the sphere of Christian influencers even is not immune at all from that same thing. Right. And I agree with everything that you said, Haley. And I also feel like it's so important for people who don't even consider what they have as a platform, but to ask themselves, what are their motivations as they post each day? Because Mm -hmm. it becomes such a habit that you said it fuels you when you get that sort of interaction. And when you see what's working and what doesn't, and it has nothing to do with business and it has nothing to do with a platform, but it just solely has to do with that sort of interaction makes you feel like what you're doing is on the right track. You can become addicted to it. And your family and your life becomes a tool instead of enjoying it for what it is. Yeah. So that you can say, yes, I am in right standing with these strangers or these people that are friends of friends that I barely talk to that are my Facebook friends. And it's so hollow, but somehow we elevate it to this idea that the more interaction I'm getting, the more valuable I am. So it can become such a big thing, but really we need to make it small 
you know, yeah. social media yeah. is so small so when it comes small. to who you really are. Yeah. And I, w- I just would love to encourage people in that because in my own struggle, I really needed to realize that, that it is yeah. really small in the grand scheme of who we are. I feel like social media is like middle school, meaning when mm-hmm. I remember, I remember when I was in middle school and I thought, everybody was able to look at everything about me and know exactly what I was, who I was and what I was doing. We thought the tiniest zit on our nose was amplified. Nobody's looking at you as closely as you're looking at yourself. And that's how I think a lot of people treat social media. They think everybody is looking at them Mm -hmm. and paying attention and somebody cared if they did or didn't post today or if they did this or did that. And, and it really, ultimately the underlying part of that has a lot to do with how we feel about ourselves and whether or not we feel approved by other people. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's definitely a key area of looking a place that we look for approval like every day, I would say. Um, yeah. What else did it look like for you when you had not kind of gotten free from that search for approval? So in my interactions with my relationships, it was super huge. I know that for many years, I I grew up in a salon, meaning I grew up as a hairstylist. I grew up, my mom was a hairstylist. I was behind the chair doing hair for about 15 years before I quit just a couple years ago. And I felt like I was the only person that could do my client's hair the way I could do it. Mm-hmm. Again, this comes into that whole idea of like that inflated self, sense of self where we lie to ourselves. I lied to myself saying that I was the only person that could accomplish this for my clients and that they needed me so much. Right. And not only did it have to do with the skill and the talent that I went to school for, but my interaction with each one of my relationships with my clients, I genuinely cared about them and loved them. And we would talk and I became almost like a therapist for a lot of people. Yeah. And in that they had a relationship with me where they relied on me, but I relied on them to need me. Mm -hmm. And so I saw a lot of that where I felt like my interaction and my need for them to need me was really about approval. Mm -hmm. And so I could see that easily. Yeah, that and I mean that that one example could be compared to really any work that we are doing or anywhere in our life where we feel needed, even if it's not paid work, even if it's like something we do as a volunteer or being a mom. You know, we can mm-hmm. you know, nobody's paying you for being a mom, but you can definitely easily make idols out of your children and out of, you know, your motherhood and out of like being so needed that you become the center of their universe and everything revolves around you. And if you fail, then everything will fall apart. And it's like, do we forget? Like, do we not believe in the sovereignty of God? Do we think we are God? Do we think we are like big enough to completely ruin our children? And that's something that I've like been, you know, in my own walk as a mom, just freed from the belief or the lie Mm. that, if I mess up, which I certainly will and have that like, that that means my kids are messed up or that that means there is no hope or, you know, oh, well you failed and now they're going to need therapy and, you know, or you're just too mean as a mom. And so you're, you probably messed them up. You know, just it's, it's an inflated view of myself. I am not that powerful. I am not God. 
I hear, I've said this before on the podcast, but like there are so many women who come on this podcast or I hear from on other shows or talk to in real life who have had terrible lives, terrible upbringings, very broken homes, very broken families. And they are incredible women of God who are strong and like their strength doesn't come from their perfect parents. It comes from God. And so it's just, it's, it's a helpful reminder to me, like no amount of perfect parenting or being the best hairstylist or being the best web designer or whatever is ever going to be enough or is ever going to make you right or is ever going to anything that we try and make that thing do for us. It's just no amount of it will ever satisfy. Right. And I love how you mentioned that, you know, you're definitely going to mess up right? We're definitely going to do something that's going to, what we might think is going to screw up our kids. We're definitely going to not be the right friend. We're definitely going to not be the right spouse or right relative or whatever. But it made me think of 2 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11, where Paul talks about how we'll celebrate our weaknesses because his power is made perfect in our weakness. So mm. we, even though we can guarantee that we are not going to be yeah. everything that we hope to be for people, we can guarantee that we're going to fail. We can also guarantee that that is where God's power is made perfect. That's mm-hmm. where God shows up. That's where we see yeah. his glory and his power. Otherwise, we would miss out on so much mm-hmm. if it was only up to us if it was only in our strength. Yeah, I have to say, I'll I'll link this in the show notes, but I was just listening to an episode of Women Encouraged, Bethany Berendrick's podcast, and it was an episode about raising teen girls. And so I I listened to it, or like influencing teen teen girls and or discipling them. And so I listened to it and there was this mom who had a teen girl. So she's, you know, about 10 years ahead of me. And she said, you know, something that I've realized is that there are purposeful places in myself as a mom where I am completely lacking a skill that is needed or lacking something that is needed for my daughter's Mm. development or growth. I am actually missing that. And it's Mm. intention, like it's intentional, it's purposed, it's not wasted. And that God actually uses those things, those places that we've come up short and that we actually are literally missing something, we are not enough to allow the gospel to come in and actually like Mm. give our kids what only he can do because we just can't do it. You know, and I think Mm. of so many things in my own parenting where I'm like, I don't feel patient enough. I don't feel ready enough. I feel overwhelmed. I feel this, I feel that. And and that actually might all be true. I actually might not be enough. And I actually might not be whatever enough that they need, but it's not by accident that that lack is there. It's actually intentioned and purposeful so that God can be everything that they need and Mm -hmm. that I am not capable of fulfilling their every need. And even if it's a good need. And so it's just really like hearing that was so freeing for me because I know I'm going to see that more and more as they get older, like the ways that I am not equipped, you know, and man, I do not know what to say in this situation. or I feel like I'm really failing you. And how to help you deal with this thing you're dealing with. And yet I can trust that God is equipped. Like he's fully capable and yeah. it's just such a, such a load off of my shoulders, you know, feeling like, I mean, there's so many resources for us, which I love that we can always be learning and growing in our parenting skills and like getting equipped for that next new season and 
all that, but you will still always come up short. <laughs> and so just yeah. like free yourself a little bit from that. Well, I think the thing I love about what you mentioned is not just that, like, I think I had only mentioned that God, it shows up in our weaknesses, but what you pointed to is the intentionality that, that we are intentionally weak in certain areas. Yeah. And so yeah. when we are able to identify those weaknesses, no longer do we have to be like wallowing in that. We can right. be thankful. We can be like, thank you, Jesus. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jesus. Like there can be so much gratitude in that weakness because God is so sovereign and has it all worked out. Yeah. And he and knows. we have to point our kids to him in those places. We can't point to ourselves and go, well, you know, I actually have the perfect solution for you. We have to say, you know what? I don't know, but let's ask God. Let's yes. this to him because he does know and he cares for you and he will not abandon either of us. This might be going off track just a little bit, but I'm so glad you said that because I'm so excited for this next generation. I'm so hopeful because I don't feel like the parents of the previous generations felt like they could not have it together. And in being able to be honest and say, I don't have the answers, I don't have it together, but I can point you to the one who does. I feel like that is, I'm just so excited for this next generation because the more we do that in our parenting, it it just puts the power back in, in Christ's hands and allows our kids to see who's really in control. Yeah. You know, bring us back to the whole idea about approval. When I learned about the war that I had on my self-image, which is really what this is all about when we talk about approval. I also learned there's such thing called disapproval dumping. Like that's what I call it, where I can dump disapproval on other people. And when we talk about that in parenting, I think that's just our like knee-jerk reaction to try to get people back in line, especially when it comes to our children. But disapproval dumping can also happen in relationships where with your peers, with your friends, where you dump disapproval on somebody else mm-hmm. so that you can feel higher than them. Mm-hmm. And so when we were earlier talking about like practical ways that you saw me living out this struggle, disapproval dumping was another one that was huge where I would be disapproving of people, but it was really, it could have been true, but it was really so that I could feel more approved than they were. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard word, especially for believers because we do have, like you just said, sort of like the right answer. We do, we, we might have the better theology or the better thinking on an issue, but we can use that to prop ourselves up and m- move into the world in, from a position of pride and self-righteousness and like basically a Pharisee. I mean, right. that's basically how we're operating in the world when we go around. I think that it is very dependent on your heart posture there, you know, because you can certainly speak the truth in love from a place of humility, or you can speak the truth in pride from a place of self-righteousness. Right. Well, and all of that being true, I think there's an alternative way to view it in that there's hierarchy. Hierarchy exists. There are people that are going to be better at you, Haley, at something, Mm -hmm. and there are people that are going to be worse than you at something. And that just exists. And so when we're thinking about like just in life, in general, that we want to, we are, we're always playing that game of hierarchy. Like, where do I fall in that line of hierarchy? Am I better than this group? Am I not as good as this group? And so I know that you were talking about 
like almost righteous indignation where we get frustrated because maybe we should be calling somebody out when they're doing something wrong. And so we can have disapproval of their sin. But I think what I'm more speaking to is when we don't know where our place is in Christ, we don't know who we are. And so we're playing that game of trying to figure out where we are within that hierarchy of other people. Mm -hmm. We see people that are better than us. We see people that aren't as good as us in specific skill sets or or whatever. And we want to make sure that we maintain or elevate ourselves within that hierarchy by disapproving of others and looking to others to seek their approval. Yeah, that's a great point. You mentioned a few minutes ago, kind of getting out of the way of God's glory. And you said your perception of yourself interfered with God's glory. What did you mean by that? Can you kind of unpack that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and I think I also mentioned that like the, that warped self image, like I have a war against my warped self image and that's what never changes for me. Like it's a constant battle. Mm -hmm. I have to get up every day and remind myself of who I actually am in Christ versus who I've told myself or the lies that I've believed from the enemy over the years. So yeah, my self image is hugely dependent on whether or not I feel approved by by others or whether or not I'm going to choose to agree with God's approval of me because I am in Christ, because I am part of his family. Why would that be in the way of God's glory? And then how do you get out of the way? So like, how do you go from the place of being consumed with yourself and your self-image and approval? And why is that related to God's glory at all? You know what I mean? I think the way that I viewed myself was not agreeing with the truths that God had for me. And so in elevating myself, I was pulling away from, not pulling, obviously, we can never pull away from God's glory, but my view was pulled away from glorifying God and wanting to glorify myself Mm -hmm. so that I could feel, it's all about how I felt, uh, so I could feel complete, accepted, whole. And what was so backwards and twisted about that was that I already was Mm -hmm. whole and complete and accepted in Christ because he has forgiven me of my sin. And so it is something I have to do every day is remind myself of that. Almost like I I just pictured kind of had like a visual of when you are looking to something that is not what makes you whole, like your work or your motherhood or your performance or you being a great wife or how frequently you cook dinner. But it's just like, if there was like a bunch of slots or like bad visual, but like horses in a stable, you know how they're like lined up and like you look there and you're like, Oh yeah, there's a horse. There's a horse. That one's empty. Like we are looking when we're looking at the wrong thing, we're looking to the empty stables that have nothing there and looking for fullness. We're looking for it there. And so it's like, it's, it's no, you, you actually are complete in Christ because of who he has said you are and what he has done for you. If you are really his, and if you have, you know, repented and turned from your sin, and if you are a believer and you have put your hope in him, like there is a stall there that is full and like is actually where you can look and be like, Oh yeah, that's where I see that I made that's where I see that I'm okay. That's where I see that I'm right. But we're just like, it's like our vision gets completely tunnel visioned on all of the wrong ones, all of the empty ones. And so we look there and we're like, empty, not enough. Okay, what do I do to fix that? Well, I've either got to, like you said, kind of 
disapprove of other people more or approve of my, or dis, yeah, disapprove of them. So approve of them less or approve of myself more in order to like, kind of like beef that up and make that feel more substantial when it's really empty or completely lose hope and, and just be dejected. But it's like, we're looking in the wrong place. It's just not there. It's not that it isn't there at all. It's not where we looked. It's not where we were going to over and over for that affirmation and that confirmation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And also like when you're talking about maybe the horses in the stable, it's almost like you look at it, but you look past it Yeah. as if, as if it has to be, there must be something better, right? Because yeah. I've known the truth and I know that people listening know the truth. Yeah. They know the truth that it, God makes us complete that Jesus's sacrifice on the cross has sanctified us mm-hmm. and has made us whole, but it's not an instant gratification. It doesn't, it doesn't agree with the world. And we want the world to agree with what <laughs> scripture says, and that's not going to be the case. So we're not always, it's not always going to feel good. Yeah. And I wanted it to feel good and look good and yeah. make me feel better. And so what I was doing when I was like, for your example, in that stable and looking at all those different stables, I was looking past scripture. I was seeing it, but looking past it. And so what has completely transformed me and what continues to be what I need to battle my warped self-image so that I don't desire approval is to dive right back into scripture. One of the scriptures that I love is first Corinthians seven twenty three twenty four says God paid a great price for you. So don't become slaves of anyone else. Stay what you were when God chose you. And that part of staying what you were when God chose you, that's going back and reminding myself when God chose me, when I've been sanctified through Jesus Christ, I don't have to be concerned about changing to adapt to the world's approval. God paid a great price for me and I don't need to be a slave of people. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that's your add on there of like kind of looking to the world. It's, I I don't think the stable analogy is that great of an analogy, but I can't get out of my head now. So (laughs) yeah, I have to roll with it because I can't think of something else, but like, it's it's like the world, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at everyone else's stable, see which stalls are full and which ones of ours are empty. And God is asking us to trust in him for that one singular stall to be full and that to be where we find our hope and our security. And the world is filling theirs up to the brim with like all of these Mm -hmm. trophy winning horses. And like, and you see just line after line, like at wealth, success, image, all of the things that we might be looking to, to like, well, how do I measure up there? How do I measure up there? Ours is necessarily needs to be empty for us to fully rely on what God has done. But when we're not trusting him and we're not believing what he said and we're not in relationship with him, really, we're just kind of either trying to live by the law or live by our own, you know, getting that approval from other people. We are going to be comparing those, those empty places to what everybody else has. And it's going to always come up short, right? Because mm-hmm. like, that's not where, where our treasure is. We're not going to be putting our treasure in the same places. And so it's necessarily going to look worse. You know, I mean, even if in in some temporary sense, it it doesn't for a minute, like ultimately it needs to, because that's where, and I'm not saying doesn't mean you're not going to have money or you're not going to be able to afford a house or, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not about the material thing, but because it's not about the material thing, there is no promise uh, of that, like fulfillment of whatever you're 
self-image or your ego is requiring or asking God to give to you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We got to be done with the horses. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So how do you move forward from here then encouraging women who feel that this is something that they really struggle with? Like, what is your encouragement to them? My biggest encouragement is really to dive into the word of God and to ask the Holy Spirit to really allow you to see God's word as truth outside of what you know it to be intellectually. I know intellectually these things, but I need to see the truth beyond intellect. It needs to permeate my spirit and I need to walk forward in obedience. Mm -hmm. I think you had mentioned maybe heart posture earlier. And sometimes our obedience comes in just choosing the right heart posture. We can't do anything on the outside, but we can choose to continue to say, Lord, I know that these things are true, but I don't feel it. I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to reveal to me the appropriate heart posture. And one of the best scriptures that just really reminds me of that, again, is I've just really loved Corinthians lately, but 1 Corinthians one thirty says, but it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus who became to us. And these things that I'm about to list to you, Jesus became to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And I would encourage women to meditate on that scripture. It's not an easy peasy scripture that just says, hey, you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. And yes, that is true too. But this is a scripture where you can take it and just chew on it in bite-sized chunks. Jesus became wisdom from God to us. So he revealed his plan of salvation. We can't forget that we are saved and that's what changes us. Jesus became to us righteousness which makes us acceptable to God, meaning we are approved to him. We are now acceptable. And he became to us sanctification. So that makes us holy and set apart. And set apart means we are not going to look like the world. Mm. We are not going to look like what the world looks like in, in terms of approval. Yeah. And Jesus became to us redemption. And he provided that ransom for the penalty of our sin. So he redeemed us. When you take a scripture like that and you meditate on it and you ask the Holy Spirit to help walk you through it, that's 1 Corinthians one thirty. I think that's the beginning of really seeing what approval looks like in God's eyes. And yeah. there are lots of other really great scriptures that, you know, I think it's uh, Galatians one ten that says, am I trying to seek the approval of man or of God? Because we do yeah. want to be approval seeking, but it's, we want to be seeking God's approval and his approval looks nothing like what we think it does. It's apart from just the law, right? We talked a lot about that today. It really is about obedience in, in a new way, in a relationship-based way. So when we're not trying to win the approval of man, but we are trying to win the approval of God, then we are servants of Christ. We yeah. are not slaves of people. Mm, yeah, man, I would much rather be, I would rather be a slave to Christ than a slave to the world, you know? Yes. Yeah, and that's just such an encouraging word for people listening, whether they're struggling with that insecurity we're just wherever they're fighting that battle. Cause I think we all are fighting that constantly in our own spheres and it looks different in different seasons. You know, I mean, yeah. you can do it as a mom, you can do it as a full-time working woman with no kids. You can do it all the time. And so I think it's just, it's really important to keep bringing ourselves back to that question. Is there a question that you would say like, would be helpful to kind of x-ray yourself in a sense of like, am I looking for the the approval of the world here or how do I, you know, how do I kind of sense that? Is it just a discernment from the Holy Spirit or 
you know, red flags. I don't know. I love that because I think what we can do is we can often ask ourselves, what is our motive either before or after we've done something because, and, and obviously the Holy spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. So the Holy spirit is so powerful. And so that discernment is available to us. And in asking for the motive of what you're about to do or what you just did can really point you back to, am I seeking somebody's approval? Am I really just hungry to feel good about myself for a minute? Because really that's all it's going to be, right? It's just going to be a minute and then you're going to need it again. Yeah. And then you're going to need it again. And so if we want to need something again and again, why don't we just need Jesus again and again? Yeah. Why don't we remind ourselves again and again about the real truth and the real hope that's actually life-changing and actually filled with joy that you can walk forward in knowing that, man, I keep buying into these lies, but I know the real truth. So if you wake up one day and you feel like you need approval, you can also remind yourself, I don't really need that. But when you are stuck in the lie of seeking the world's approval, you think you need it. Mm -hmm. And I want people to be completely free from that. Yeah. And as you were speaking about, you know, asking the spirit for um, discernment, I mean, that is, you're describing wisdom, having wisdom to see into your own motives, which sometimes we know those off the bat and other times we really don't. And we feel yeah. like it's coming from one place, but it's actually coming from another. James 1, 5 through 6 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And that picture of like when we are not rooted and grounded in our identity in Christ, like that is what we feel like. I do feel driven and tossed by the wind. I feel completely swayed by the opinion of man or whether people think I'm doing a good job or not or whether it's enough or not. Like I'm completely you know, you feel like you're in a storm and it's very unsettling and it's just a really terrible way to live for any given amount of time. But the, the fact that the word says that we can ask and he will give generously when we ask in faith with no doubting. I mean, it's just such an encouraging, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's true. Like the word of God is true. And so we don't have to live in that place of being tossed like the waves. We do not have to stay there. Um, I think we all find ourselves there at one point or another, but just to like ask the spirit to actually convict you when you're living in that place and to come back quickly to God, you know, come back quickly to your root and your grounding force and to him who actually does give us, you know, a sure foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Donna, thanks for chatting with me today and sharing what you've been learning. It's been good. It has been good. Thank you. Where can people stay in touch with you online? So I know I mentioned Instagram. I still absolutely love hanging out on there. It's a fun place to be. So you can find me at Constantly Under Construction on Instagram. And then I have a website, Constantly Under Construction. Perfect.com? Yes. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate you making time for this. Thank you, Haley. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Be sure and come find me on Instagram at haleywilliams.kindled. Come say hi. If you haven't done so, I would love for you to leave a note on the podcast reviews and let me know how you're liking the show. And if you have any constructive criticism or feedback, you can always email me at haley, H-A-L-E-Y, at kindledpodcast.com. Other than that, 
You guys have an awesome week and I will see you back here next Monday. Bye.